It's Yes, you look a little bit like him, but you could be a Santa, but you're too skinny. I, I, I'm getting ready for the Santa role. Yeah, well, Santa's only fat on Christmas, as we learned from Rudolph. He's pretty thin most of the time, and then Mama fattens him up, which you know, I don't think I, it's good to put on a lot of weight and take off a lot of weight. I always heard that's you don't want to do that. But no, I've heard that too, and. Did we talk about that article I read that the gal wrote just how disturbed she was as a kid from the Rudolph? And when you hear her write the whole thing, it really does make sense. And for me, though, that's I think what I liked about it. The coach is brutal to Rudolph and they won't let him play. I mean, it's just it's. And she wasn't being woke or politically correct or nothing she, she was just talking about how everyone loves that film and, and she just found it to be scary and the toys were kind of haunting and weird and oh, of course yeah. i like weird and haunting stuff but yeah. you know it, it it is loaded with stuff you know that's off beat and a yeah. little darker yeah the misfit yeah. toys and the now, Laura was frightened of the guy with the cage that caged the children in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty oh, Bang Bang, we love you. I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, yeah. She found that very disturbing as a kid. And then I had a friend as a, as a well, we was probably just post-college. He's a high school buddy. He married a girl from high school, and I was over there. We must have been in our late 20s, and they had the for one of the first children in the group, you know, of all our friends. and. And I remember him going, I put on that Bambi. It was horrible. I took it off. I'm like, what? Bambi's great. He's like, are you kidding me, Dave? The mother gets killed and my little girl's watching this. And (laughs) I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. You know, Disney stuff, too. It's pretty, that's scary. Seven Dwarves Forest and the, you know, but that's how I like it. It's, uh, you know, I have fond memories of all that stuff. But yeah, looking back on Rudolph, and you can read into it that it's, you can see it that way, that it's dark and creepy and the, the misfit toys, you know, the Charlie in the box. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How many kids wake up screaming, dreaming of Charlie in the box? I it want to be. It's Santa. <laughs> or uh, Cornelius. You know, I, I, I kind of like him, but he carries a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta be careful about that. You know, his first, uh, Second Amendment rights and all that. But, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't want to go too deep on that. I, uh, I want to be a dentist. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, Herbie wants to be a dentist. That that <laughs> that elf. That's just you know, that's what right. We, just, it makes just fun of him. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. But we made it through childhood okay. We did. Well, except I think that's for both of us. Except for us. Yeah. Everyone else made yeah. it through. Yeah. The uh, spring has sprung a little early. Like, it seems like we've lost that month of moderately cold and wet and gray. Does that seem right to you? It seemed like it went yeah. from beautiful snow up up to your waist all over. And then only a week of cold freezing, I thought, when walking was icicles on my eyelashes and appeared to suddenly, yeah, some sun, a lot of sun lately. So 
Yeah. And warm, warm weather, which we it's very unusual here in Chicago. Yeah. It, but right, wasn't there usually a month of gray and we didn't really have that? Usually yeah. two months. I mean, usually <laughs> it's it's very unpleasant, usually all of March and most of April. But uh, and we still might have that. Yeah. This is certainly no yeah. guarantee. True. There's, there's a big uh, storm coming through to Colorado. Yeah, you don't want to put away your woolens yet, Dave. Yeah, you said a big storm is coming across from the west, but it That's may not be bad for us, right? I don't know if it'll, you know, it might peter out before it gets here. I don't know how that works. I don't think anybody does. They pay those weathermen anyway. What a great job <laughs> that would be. They're yeah. usually pretty they're usually pretty accurate these days. <laughs> so I've been painting a little. You must know somebody that's a weatherman. You don't want to offend him. No, they really are, you know. Well, so far out, you know, but yeah. Um, I've been painting some Neanderthals. You know, I want to play that game of... Uh, Whoa. Kind of. Atomically correct Neanderthals. Oh, yeah, they don't have clothing on. We better they don't pull have back. clothing on. No, now is that an insult to Neanderthals? That's not historically accurate, is it? I don't the, know. The Cro-Magnon has clothes. Uh-huh, and are larger. But the Cro-Magnon are pretty cool figures, and I painted them a little nicer. I went a little rough on the uh, Neanderthals, but, but anyway, going to have like 10 of these or a dozen and a 10 or a dozen of these Neanderthal, and, and the ladies are coming up next Ooh. also. Oh, oh, the Cro-Magnon ladies. Yes, they're not the Neanderthal ladies, so I'll have to see if someone has some of those and do that um, paleo diet game. whole bag of weapons, too. More weapons than I need with the women, so that's cool to have some extra weapons. It's what I've been doing lately, and when I base them, I uh, add a little snow. I am going to envision the board as scattered snow, kind of like it looked here last uh, couple days ago. Yeah. And those, in fact, those people, they look, those figures look like some people that live near me. <laughs> They're walking around in the snow yeah. without the shirts. It's and you. Cloth. Yeah. And your high school friends. I got to get that loincloth back. Well, I don't, you probably don't call it that if it's a big fur thing. Probably not having loincloth. No, probably Tarzan, not. he had a good loincloth. True. We played, uh, I played Sword of Rome with Mike and Mike and Tom last night. The final turn. Well, the final turn because Mike Lemke won again because I did a lot of dumb stuff. I'm not much. <laughs> I'm just not much of a strategist, Dave. I just like to go in and fire the guns or swing the swords. Roll some dice. Well, some you, dice. Don't know, you don't know that system that well. No, I really don't. And But Mike was uh, Mike was playing the Etruscans and the Samnites and he was leading already. And I was spending my time doing too many other things. And then I left the back door open. He moved in, captured a couple of my spaces, which gave him just enough victory points to win. So we got about halfway through the turns, but he already won. So we're going to move on to something else. Actually, what we're moving on to is Napoleonic. Napoleonic Wars? With yeah, the, no, yeah. From uh, Avalon Hill? Napoleonic, not Napoleonic. No, Napoleonics. Is it no Avalon Hills one? No. GMT. GMT, okay. It's a GMT game by Richard McGillicuddy. No, I don't remember his last name. 
people are surprised when they find out that I have not painted any Napoleonic armies with yeah, all my armies. There's this, there's this Napoleonic gap in your collection. Yeah. Is that? I, I just never liked the tall hats, basically. <laughs> it's I'm, the hats. It, it's for real. Hats, yeah. You know, it just seemed a little too formal or yeah. dressy. I, you know, who would rather, I'd rather have some. Seems impractical, you know, yeah. for a soldier. And it's yeah, not they, just a hat, as I like to say. It's it's more than a hat. It's a hat and a half. Shako. Shako. I don't know. Is that what they call them? Yeah, some of them, the furry ones. But, you know, then it was all rifles and cannon and whatnot. So there was no, not a lot of close up, like, you know, Germanic tribes against the Romans. Yeah. That's what I like, you know, the more skirmishy, hand to hand. Yeah. And I do have the Civil War. And the Revolutionary War I went for just because I was teaching it and thought I'd go ahead and do that and I could play it at school and stuff. And so I did do that. And I wasn't a huge fan of the tricorn hats either when I was a kid. Just didn't strike me. That's the thing about hats. So, listeners, if you want to send a hat. (laughs) Oh, I was going to go get my two half squads hat. Oh, there you go. Keep talking. I have one here, too. I never knew he had this thing about hats. It wiped out an entire portion of history because of it. I admire that about you, Dave. I admire that about you. What? That I went to get a hat? You don't like the hats? You leave it out. Oh. When you teach history, did you leave, I'm going to leave out this. What about Mr. Kleinschmidt? What about Napoleon? Bad hats. <laughs> we don't. Enough said. Move on. <laughs> well, we got a good show for the people today, don't we? We do. We had we've had some really good shows lately. That's because they've been interviewed. Yes, right. Should we mention that the show is brought to you by Ritter Creek? We should. Oh, Who the devil is Ritter Creek. Actually, during the letters, I'd like to go to his uh, post if you wouldn't mind yanking it up later on in our letter segment. And the show is also brought to you by a Broken Ground, and I'm going to talk about one of their games and our what we've been playing lately, and. I'm going to talk about a game of um, Bounty Fire Productions, all three of our sponsors. So they'll have built-in ads this time. Ah, good. Friends in Texas, Bonsai 25.2 is now available. And guess what? I think actually Bonsai 25.3 is now also out. Wow. Uh, they said, welcome back to another edition of the newsletter of Texas ASL. I hope everyone is staying safe from COVID and getting at least a little playing time in. We have a great issue. We've pulled together some basic ASL fundamentals to assist new ASL and starter kit players in getting up to speed. Vinny Moreskas provided another semi seminal article and this time on how to represent the Waffen SS and ASL. I'm sure it'll be just as widely referenced as his earlier work on the Italians in Bonsai 19.1. We profiled Texas ASL Hall of Famer Ed Beekman and have another starter kit contribution from Peter DiCiocchio. DiCiocchio. All that and more await you. And a heads up regarding the next issue. Yep, that is 25.3. 
It is the analysis by Rich Spilkey of Men of Steel. Yeah. Insightful analysis. So go check out both of those magazines. I'll continue reading some Bonsai on the air for our people who go into Patreon and subscribe. And I'll have to get another one done soon, Jeff. Follow oh, me yeah. a little behind. Yes, please. So our subscribers can listen to the early issues being read aloud or just more great things to listen to while you're driving. Where are they driving? Anywhere they're anywhere they want to go. Oh, okay. It's good for any driving. Is that guaranteed? Yes. Okay. So, and if people weren't aware of this, we got this letter that says, as a valued member of our ConSim World social site, we wish to inform you that we are moving to a new upgraded community platform. The social site called social.consumworld.com will be closing in 30 days and all the content will not be transferred to the new community site. So, wow. Oh, and this letter's old, so it's maybe weeks you have to have to get that done. That's why we want you to, to give you this advance notice so you can download images or content. We apologize for this inconvenience. You know, and it's not so much that it's, well, it's certainly not inconvenient for me because I don't have anything out there, but it just seems to me like there's a tremendous uh, history there that is, it's a shame if it's going away. Yeah, that's true. Preserve that and maybe uh, that internet, what's that, the internet archive has got it all that data i don't think so i don't think that's the way it works but anyway i guess it's also you can practice your detachment and your the art of letting go i have a letter from christian he says i was catching up on recent episodes heard you talking about Frostgrave. you mentioned something about wishing for a co-op or solo mode the same designer made rangers of shadow deep which is the same system but it's solo or cooperative. It's also a campaign system, so your ranger improves as you play. It might be up your alley, hardcover, and there's a link to a um, digital version, I think, um, or it's an ad for the hardcover, so I'll link that also. And Jeff, I got you a copy of Frostgrave, too. I'm trying to suck you, you did. in. Yes. Well, you paid me, but yeah. Yeah, it was a gift that I paid for. <laughs> I appreciate you getting that, and I have looked at it. I. It's heavy. That's as far as I got. Not not as heavy as the Star Wars book. I mine arrived. Oh, it did. I actually bought that big fat Force and Destiny, so I'm taking it with me on vacation, and it's yeah, it's heavy. A trailer, yeah. I I imagine it's heavy. Even the PDF is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good interview. Interesting that many of his game buddies seem to have put it to work. Who is he talking about? This must be uh, from the website. It's from the interview from not our last one, the one before, Grumble Jones. Oh, from Grumble Jones. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. A few months back, I sent an email to Alan Findlay of Broken Ground Design suggesting he make counters for the uh grumble jones halloween scenarios though i understand the limited market keep up the great work pt yonkins yeah that'd be cool i don't know how hard it is for broken ground design they they do a great job they turn out a lot of stuff they alan finley and his cadre of workers <laughs> how many think there are 50 uh he has the, a lot of them he has the one that wants to be a dentist 
Herbie? Yeah, yes, those guys. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, the elves. Uh, this one is from, I mentioned on on the air, that someone popped into our game on Basol, and it was Sh- uh, Shinji Inaba, and he just sent us a note saying, hey, I'm the Japanese ASLer who showed up, and perhaps I'm the only Japanese listener, so if there anyone else is out there, let us know. Yeah, that'd be and, good. And then, Jeff, we were... I, thinking of popping into people's games and then offering prizes or something so yeah i actually did it on my own once and the guy said no i already have that thanks though (laughs) what what were you you gonna get so i did it without you someone they popped into my game yeah they popped into my game with dave i think and we were like hey you listen hey thanks for listening Hi, are, are you interested in a prize? We're going to be giving some away. Do you want a copy of this? <laughs> no, I already have it. Thanks. Though. Yeah. No, ah. Can't give this stuff away. <laughs> There's so much now. You There's can't so even give it away. Now. What's really prized these days is space on your bookshelf. Because <laughs> yeah. there's just nowhere to put anything. <laughs> Maybe we should start giving away bookshelves. I got a letter here. It says... Uh, This is Larry Maxwell. Thanks for the shout out. I'm still playing badly. Oh, he's writing hi, Mike. Yeah, he's, yeah. Mike Reed, Mike Reed's friend. Okay. So he's saying hi to Mike. Uh, He says, I still get everything uh, I got from TOT, KE, et cetera, and the original Korea stuff. I ran into Ken Katz at Winter Offensive last year. I'll probably stay in the hobby at least until MMP puts out the new desert module. This is interesting that he's got a cutoff date, like for what he's <laughs> going to get out of the hobby. Now, here's <laughs> here's a guy that's really got things planned out. Whenever uh, uh, MMP puts out the door in the meantime. Good to hear well, from you. Well, again, with so many, so much to play, I don't, yeah. I don't know how. Yeah. Um, you got a cutoff date, Dave, for the. No. Nope. Nope. If we're doing the show, I'm staying in, I think. About halfway through just about every scenario, I think tomorrow <laughs> is the day I'm going to get out of the hobby. To be honest, since we're getting some stuff from our supporters, um, I have. There's two new things coming. We'll get to when we look at Burger Creek's website. There's more MMP stuff coming, and yeah, they're not sending it free. I don't know that I'm. You know, we're just gonna look at Roma 2020 today. That's how far behind we are. So. Yeah. But anyway, the next letter is from PT Yonkins again. The interview with Mike Reed is outstanding. Good to hear from someone from that era. It's good to hear some of those materials maybe making a comeback. So MMP might be able to publish now some of the time on target stuff and kinetic energy. Uh, as for the scenario grounding Noriega, I would note that I found an article about that in a slug. That was the, uh, what was it? Advanced squad leader union of gamers put out by Gary Fortenberry long oh. ago. Wow. But I could not locate the scenario itself. Sounds like one I would have, to raid Ollie Gray's closet for over in Scotland to locate. But again, another great interview. And he recommends we interview Steve Swan. So a couple things. Maybe I can find that minority copy of that Grounding Noriega thing and maybe post it. Is that a violation of someone's rights? I don't know. If it is, you'll find out. <laughs> Knock at the door, hand you the letter. Wait, 
Wait, what's this you stuff? It's supposed to be we'll find out. No, all the all no. You're 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 the one that's all your address. That's true. Um, and Steve Swan, if you're out there, please email us. Somebody email Steve Swan. Tell him to, it's time for his interview. Yeah. Or is he on our list already? Did we? I don't think so. There's one from John. I think it's our last one. Yes, John writes and he says, I've been enjoying the podcast as I storm through as many episodes as possible while trying to keep up on the new ones. I've thoroughly enjoyed your recent interviews with Mike Reed and Grumble Jones as well as the visits from Eric Ortega back in the 130s or 140s. Yeah, we haven't heard from Eric Ortega in a long time. Eric, if you're there, give us give us a call. we got to get the passel going again, too. Ah. He says, uh, if I wanted to send an ASL-related book to you to peruse and enjoy and possibly gush about on your show, how could I get it to you? Do you have a P.O. box or some such thing? A P.O. box, there's an idea. I sent him my address. Okay. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. But I'll bring it right over to your house when it arrives, Jeff. Dave's address is well known among the ASLers of the world. So and if I, MMP would like to make a donation, they can also send the new stuff to my house and we'll cover it on the air. Yeah, we MMP's, are way behind. MMP's new website has, uh, is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Have you been over there? Yes. And uh, I think they. I wanted to access what I had already pre-ordered because I really didn't remember. I had a vague idea. And uh, they took care of that for me because I couldn't get in or something. And, um, yeah, they took care of that for me, so they were helpful with that. And there you go. That's what it looks like. Oh, Sword and Fire Manila. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's some new stuff. The Winter Offensive Bonus Pack 12. Yeah. Oh, and I'm getting the Hood Strikes North stuff. Oh, and then there's the other ASL pack from the land down under. MMP, you need to send that to us so we can get that reviewed on the air. Shall we take a look in the box? Let's do. That's my cue. What? Wait a minute. I'm going to try a different setting. Sure. Let's spin the wheel and see what comes up on our digital echo machine. What? Oh, that's nice. What's in the, what's the name of this episode or this uh, segment? What's in the box? What's in the box? ASL Roma 2020. Look at that. Zooming in. It's almost 3D. Roma 2020 was designed for some kind of, of tournament in Italy, Jeff, or something. It. Sebastiano Caltabiano, Paolo Caratopolato, Ken Dunn, Pete Schilling made these scenarios. Perfect. Map designer Gabriel Maza. Map art Charlie Kibler. Still got to interview him. Playtesting, a lot of names we know. And thanks to Francesco Berucci and Lorenzo Marinaro and to Federazione Italiana War Game. And ASL Italia, I think those are clubs, I'm assuming. We could have Googled them, or you could Google them while I talk about... Well, I and we still have those games from Advancing Fire, that new company in Italy. We will get to or prioritize those up there. This is uh, Roma 3, ASL Scenario Roma 3, Solarola Junction. 
and it pits the New Zealanders, the Kiwis, against the German Fallschirmjäger and uh, Panzergrenadier Regiment 9 elements of in um, Italy, of course. December 2nd, 1943. has has quite a few overlays. It's a small board section. It's eight turns. The board looks like a this. Looks like a this. You get 80, board 86 here. This, I thought this portion looked a lot like some other board that I have used before. A uh, little bit. Your village on the side. And, but... Got this nice hill on this side, all connected. And this action in the junction takes place through the wide center here. And you get a little bit, uh, two half squads and two mediums and two foxholes set up hip on the hill axes. And then entering on turn three, a smattering just a squad and a light machine gun leader. And on turn four, Three And then on turn five, you get this guy comes in with this half squad with a demolition charge on a Skudafez 2. German little armored car. I forget. I think that might be an armored car. And a group that sets up on or west of Hexrow N. And the Kiwis are entering on turn one along the south edge between C1 and J.O., so again, north is this way. So I'll be coming on down here. And there's a staghound vehicle. Been a long time since I played one of those. Mm. 37 yeah. LL gun, 33 movement points. Clunky looking little thing. And then a Sherman they get also later on, on turns four and five, they get these tank reinforcements. And the Germans, if they detonate a set DC in hex T6... It's just in the middle of the crossroads. Yeah, I read the background on it. It said if they get this crossroads demolished, they for some reason, I thought maybe there would be a building here that would collapse, blocking the way. Maybe, I guess it's the the roads destroying the road. But anyway, there's a little carrier also. So then they the uh, New Zealanders would win by controlling greater than or equal to nine multi-level buildings. Now there's the the rules are on the back of four, and there's quite a few of them. Jeff, I know you're a huge fan of all these special scenario rules. Oh yeah, a uh, few of my favorite things. Like this game goes into night rules on turn two, and the night range is six. Ah. Then it drops to three. And it doesn't change until later in the game with the random change. And uh, so that's interesting. So I think this the first turn is maybe dusk. It's got shaded in. And then two and three, it's going into night. But you don't have the scenario defender stuff or attacker stuff. You don't have all the hip so it's kind of like you're playing a daytime game as night settles in so i think that's really unique and that's sebastiano's design there i'm gonna be looking forward to trying that one and then um mountain marine scenario four designed by paolo uh has the nice victory conditions that change this is again italy november 44 
Eglio, Italy, and it has a prepared fire zone. It's a vineyard. I for, didn't know you could do that. I forgot you could maybe do that. A prepared fire zone is when you can cut down some of the trees and make it a oh, right. kind of a clearing thing. It's yeah. getting it started with the Hakapali. And then uh, a setup force on board 86, entrenched, 18 mine fields, some concealed dummy counters, a scouting platoon. And these are all Italians, but you're using the Germans squads for them all the german counters for these guys so they're upgraded italians um which i was thinking they should have used the ones from that other company but they're from the other company um lft who made the upgraded italians i think broken ground may have made a set too um and then you get some assault engineers with a dc coming on on turn six and they're trying to the americans all with those six morale, I know we love so much, uh, are trying to take four buildings by turn four or eight by turn six or 11 by the end. So it could actually end on turn five if the Americans are making super good progress before the reinforcements even enter assault engineers with their DC. Italians can freely deploy on the setup and so on. So... Good defensive setup again, getting some trenches, minefields, and whatnot onto the board. 86. So. Eight million bayonets. This is and takes place in Greece in uh, November of 1940. And this is a battle between the Greeks and the Italians, a, a continuation of a battle that they've been fighting for about 2,500 years. And here it's really, yeah, they're really mad at each other now. A nice, simple so, victory condition. Yeah, very short. It's... Uh, Board 81 and 86, a little bit of each. Which one is uh, 81? Which one did you just show us? Was that 86? Yeah, all of these okay. use 86, the new one. Okay. So in this, uh, the Greeks set up first, the Italians move first, and this, it looks like fun. The uh, uh, the Greeks have a couple of nice artillery pieces, which I always like, and I always like the infantry guns. I, I, I just like something about firing the infantry guns. It's very visual for me. I do too. With not a lot on the Greek side, there's just uh, two elite four five eights and then six uh, first line four five sevens and then a, three crews. Uh, and on the Italian side, where the million bayonets are, they have a few fewer than a million. There's twelve three four sevens, a couple of one three sevens. Boy, you don't want to put those guys out in front, um, unless you just want to draw fire. Yeah. Uh, they also have a few small. Uh, vehicles that and that the one off on the end there is towing oh two not sure flamethrower yeah oh it's that that's what it is yeah the red is the flamethrower and i think that carriage behind it's like the fuel of the very little italian vehicles yeah armors of one so the artillery can really blow those up and it's got mud i noticed in the special rules too which one of mine did too i forgot to mention so, yeah, yeah, the weather is mud. So they have to take, like, take buildings and decrease it by the uh, guns that you capture or destroy. And then they need to put fire onto hex 86 M8. I guess I could plop that up. 86, uh, this road section, put fire onto that. It certain does certain things too. Cool. And then the other one you sent me, Roma. 
two. I'm just secondhand news. Secondhand news. Just secondhand news. Corsica on September 1943. Uh, Between the the Italians and the Germans. So at this point, the Italians have have quickly switched to the winning side. Oh, they have because they're with the French partisans. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Sequential setup. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. I'm looking at that. puts the partisans out first, and then the uh, Germans, and then the Italians. And the Italians, okay. So everyone sets up on board. It looks like cool. Five turns, nice and tight. What else? The partisans have the Molotov. I love the picture on the scenario card of the Molotov. Yeah. Otherwise, pretty normal rules for them. They can win in buildings, though. They can gain concealment as if out of line of sight of all non-adjacent enemy units. So they're more sneaky and hidey, it looks like. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's what you get. That's what's in the box. And we're three packs behind on MMP stuff again. Gosh. We still would like them to send us stuff. Doesn't matter that we're behind. (laughs) Well, we maybe catch up or stop interviewing people, but no. You know, getting that history, talking to the last couple of guys, and uh, especially Mike Reed, getting that history of the game is really, a lot of people like it, and I think it's important. And we got it. Oh, and while we were gaming, we learned about something about Vassal. Remember the mud flats and the swamp and the marsh artwork? Jeff had said, well, why is this marsh different than that marsh or swamp in the jungle? And we realized on Vassal, when you do the jungle terrain, next to a the jungle is the swamp. And if it's not next to a jungle, I think one hex, maybe two, it's just a marsh. It doesn't have the tall trees in it. So they have a different color on Vassal to yeah. denote marsh from swamp in the Pacific, which I had even kind of forgotten that rule while we had played some of those games, Jeff, that we had been playing. And then random selection, I was shocked to find that when you remember this, when you roll random selection, if in the past, if I rolled two fives and two threes and then a one and there were two KIA, I would take out both fives and both threes. Wrong. The rule says... Only the last selected person counts the tie. So somehow the two sixes, you only take out one. And the last, and then there's an example in the questions and answers um, that I could grab real quick. I don't want to drag the show out too long. But here, here, let me, uh, well, Jeff, while I'm looking, what do you see there on the Ritter Krieg uh, posting? Uh, so he's got a post here about uh, Action Pack 16 and Winter Offensive 12. And uh, always very entertaining. Oh, we're, he's showing stuff that we haven't gotten to yet. So shh. spoiler alert, if you don't have this stuff, spoiler alert. So he does little uh, nice little interview uh, reviews rather on what's coming up in those packs or what's out in, though, in those packs. And then oh, contest, he's got this contest. Uh, yeah, these are fun. If you yeah. don't do them, listeners, you should go yeah. check them out. I haven't been checking these out lately, but they are kind of fun. Much better than the stuff that comes out in the back of the New Yorker. 
<laughs> Much better contests. What's the prize? Have you ever entered in one of these, Dave? No, I don't think there's a prize. I'm not smart enough to solve them. <laughs> no, it's kind of like, what's the best tactic and strategy? And you can see he lists at the the next post good solutions to the problem. Yeah. Here's that rule, 7.301 KIA. The number of units eliminated can exceed the number specified if random selection results in a tie for the last unit to be eliminated. And that part, I just thought ties were ties. So in the uh, question and answer. Yes, point. So someone asked, the random selection die rolls a 6-6, six, six, a 5, and a 3. How many are eliminated? I would have always said three. The one KIA is the six and the six tie, and then the next one down is the five, and the three is alive. So I would have said three. The answer is two. One of those sixes is not killed. Sorry, all my opponents that I've been cheating. 1,300 games, Dave. you got to start over. You've been doing it wrong. <laughs> it is 1,300. Yeah. Three or six or something. Yeah. So then he asked, if, what if you roll a 6-6 six, six and a 5-5, five, five, and it's a 2-K-A, how many are eliminated? Oh, it's a 1-K-A. One, one 2, not all 4. What if you roll a Yahtzee? Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. MMP also has an electronic rule book out there, in case people want to go check that out. You're going to be shocked by this, but I actually did not know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Did not know that. What 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 have I missed? You go to the tro no, you go to the let you can I don't know. You go somewhere. You go, okay, I so, know. You go to random. You go to where I went to get the electronic annuals and journals from a third party person store, online store. Okay. They don't they don't sell them but you can go get your electronic, all the copies of the journals in a packet for like, I don't know, 40 bucks, all the annuals, same thing. And then you can get the electronic rule book now. I'll put a link in, if I remember, to that store. It's all, or, it's all legal? Sure, it's on MM. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. MMP has licensed it all out. Oh, wow. Mike Rizzi was explaining like they don't, do the electronic thing on their website or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's the legalities of it, probably. Yeah. Well, I got to get that. Yeah. As long as it's not too heavy. What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? All right, folks. What we're looking at here is actually I played two Bounty Fire Productions. Ding, 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 ding. Blood and Jungle scenarios with Mike. Mike, we finished up the Schmidt and we're moving on. And we played the Armored Samurai. And I don't have that window to share, but I won with the Japanese attacking around this building. You can see some of it on our Twitter feed. Uh, very cool. Man, these early tanks are really slow for the Japanese. Had two artillery pieces, Jeff, in there that we like uh, for the Chinese Defender. And I think Mike had set up a little too far out in the front, and I was able to, like, swamp 
his some of his units because you know the Japanese don't break right they stripe and then they go half squad and they keep take a licking and they keep on ticking they do and it was tough and um it was hard for him to stop me and then I got around the back end of a, a building but this screen you're seeing a building I needed to win the game and then again hard to stop me once I got in a plus three factory building with him just plus one shooting through the factory but la 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 this is Chapai Chapay um chock block bfp 27 the other one was 26 this is 27 um and i had to control uh, no i had to defend it's a crowded board here but my little hand shows up doesn't it yeah. this building is this showing up yeah this building all this is a photograph a ping of the i should have got the real game up i guess this wooden building all these hexes and this over here were all the victory buildings so my idea was okay don't try to defend this wooden stuff out here i put a dummy stack here that could shoot all the way down this road so mike pulls up on his first turns into these buildings and then advances into this road denying me any kind of fire lane down there that he'd have to run through or move through i thought that was pretty clever and uh, it was a dummy stack anyway. So then I pulled it back down, you know, just to make him not, I don't know. But it didn't work well. He advanced into the road and then just started moving through all these buildings. Mm. You can bypass these buildings, even though it looks like you can't. So it was swift movement. I decided a good defense is here, right, Jeff, along these plus three buildings? Would think so. Yeah. No. It was oh, no. not. No. It was not. I had a squad with a light back here. I had a squad here, a squad here, some dummies here, a squad here, a big artillery piece here. I had a heavy machine gun here to support the artillery piece and the roadblock. I had someone behind it. I had a, and and all he did, of course, was just move. I guess he advanced into the street, I think, and I shot, and I striped some, and I missed some, and then he advancing fire, and he couldn't do anything to me in my plus three buildings with his little half double three shots, but he spread all out, and then he just advanced in, and I did not win one stinking melee in that front line, maybe one. <laughs> And he wiped out. So like, just like he had done earlier, I think, spreading out too far, I did the same thing here. Because in the back, I had my other gun and my other heavy. My heavy was in here. He's taken it. Here's my other gun. The crew is destroyed. Here's a big stack. My last guy in this building is upstairs. And then I got disrupted. Three squads disrupted that just kept pushing. We were, you know, they, no quarters. So, right, we think the disrupted can advance back on uh, one route one hex so we just kept routing the back one hex until they all kind of ended up in spot and then he killed them and so then i got these reinforcements down on the left flank here these two tanks come in so i pushed this tank right into his um you know vehicle bypass freeze move and i run up here and i draw fire from these tanks and he breaks these two tiny squads which were out back but it worked i drew his fire and I zipped along here, and somehow in my brain, I thought I was going to get into here. <laughs> I didn't make it. And then I was like, well, that's just dumb, Dave. You you could have tried running this way. Oh, right. And then risk buildings rather than around the outside. Yeah. Risk yeah. 
still draw the fire here. Right. Or send one of these to draw some of this fire <laughs> off. Mm-hmm. And then make a run. I don't know, but it was desperate. But it, the other option is to move into here, and then these trenches move like cellars through there. So it's easy to reinforce. It all seemed like a great plan. I imagined I'd be holding this off. He'd still be stuck in the outer ring. And then I'd reinforce all five of these Chinese squads into here. And it would be so cool. And I would win. So then I started withdrawing from the right flank building. Realized it will all collapse so much faster because of the striping Japanese. They just step up, get striped, and then fire and break me. And then step up again. And... Um, and then they're all in the plus three building with you, and then they hand-to-hand you. And so I, I, I moved back out and jumped on him over here in a desperate bid to retake one building over here and realized it's only, look what turn it is. It's, it's only turn six. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then I was like, yeah, even if I get in there, he's going to pull all these vehicles up, freeze me. He has time two turns to run his Japanese over and retake anything, I might get lucky. There you go. Good game, though, and it's even on Roar, so someone knows how to play it better than I did. And which, what scenario was that? And then, Jeff, you and I have been delving in the Pacific with the... Um, been op- continuing, yeah, with our... Operation Watchtower. And did you want to look at that screen or not? The ravine, or... Just yes, have you got have you got that screenshot? So this game is HS Historical Study 14? 13. 13. 13, the ravine. Yes. Which it really is a ravine. It I really is. I couldn't get the bottom board to show uh empty streams, gully. And I came up that big hill where the big mortar two is with the kill stack and you just pummeled them, Jeff, right? With your mortars. Yeah, but let's let's first and just talk about what, what this is. So the Japanese have this hill, this big hill uh, on the left side of the board. And there are a couple of hexes down here at the bottom of the board. Those two are also level two hill hexes, yes. Level two hill hexes. And the Americans come on from off board and their goal is to take six of these hill hexes that the Japanese have. Actually, I accidentally came on from off board. Remember, I was supposed to start earlier. Like some oh, started on board? Was, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. I'll, I'll grab it. You keep telling them. Okay. So, and the Japanese get to set up. They've got, um, I think it was six pillboxes, uh, two or three trenches, a couple of ponjis. Um couple of these large, I love these large 81 millimeter mortars. Um, yeah, a couple of small mortars, um, a heavy machine gun, a couple of medium machine guns. So lots. And they can set up, you know, if they these, if they're in jungle, of course, the pillbox can set up hip and the occupants can set up hip plus 10% of my OB fractions rounded up could set up hip. So I had a lot of hip stuff. Dave really yep. didn't know what he was coming up with. Down here at the bottom, you know, there's always that couple of extra hexes that need to be guarded. So I had a couple of hip squads down here in the in the jungle waiting, yeah, hoping that he would grab control of those and then maybe move out of them and up to which I 
reinforced. And I did I did send two squads out, but yeah. left uh, the guys in the building and the two mortars there. Right. And I set up at the top of the hill and in, in the back with the two big mortars, and they had they both had line of sight way down to these hexes that Dave had. had and across the street, the gully, the ravine. Yeah, and they also went across. Yeah. So I think I had a pretty good, uh, pretty good setup. You also had a hundred millimeter uh, or um, OBA, yeah, yeah. And the radio guy, uh, I drew that red card first and lost radio contact a couple times, but otherwise it hit around. And you cannot break dudes in plus five pillboxes and plus four trenches. It, I'm, it's tough. Tough. I striped one or two people, I think, the whole game maybe. But again, he get a crit. You know, I kept going, I need a crit. <laughs> yes. So it, it was helpful. And I think I should have thrown smoke. That was, I had smoke. Yep, H-E and smoke only. I should have smoked your whole back of those mortars. Right? Well, yes, I guess that's right. You could have. Because the FFE wasn't doing much, so. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I was supposed to sit up on the red line. That's why I put that dotted red line in there. <laughs> and, oh, I and then I entered from off board. That dotted red line is also the limit of where I could set up. But I chose to oh, sit yeah. back on the hill. I set up everybody back on the hill. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to set up by G. And the American set up south of G on 11 and Z on 36. Yeah, and you were G and Z also. Yeah. And it was tough, you know, the um, with the palm trees, the jungle. Two-level jungle. Yeah, the two-level jungle. Uh, getting lines of sight to anywhere was challenging, except going straight across. You know, if you go from hilltop to hilltop, that was easy. But, you know, as you as you were moving down through the valley or obviously in the jungle and or yeah, this, we're lower yeah. than where I was up on top, it was very hard to see uh, at any any great distances, so it was a it was tough to set up, but yeah, it I allows I the set up. Yeah, I think so. It allows the Americans to go close in there, and they're the best chance. The Americans, I believe, people comment if I'm wrong, is to get into close combat. Two of these squads, or three, if you can do it, with five firepower and fight the Japanese in close combat, because there's only one allowed in a pillbox. And so eventually I will take that pillbox ahead of me and that trench and get into that next area when it was clear I was going to have the six or more hilltops. And that stack coming up from below is going to get up that hill in the woods jungle there next to your concealed guy, avoiding fire from uh, the pillbox. And again, with the pillboxes only have one guy in them, it's hard to... Yeah. They're easier to take than you'd think in the jungle if you can move up. You did use your mortars to break those two stacks of eight neg ones, and it cost me a turn or two down there because yeah. the mortars could hit those jungle hexes. Yeah. And on this board, you can see the difference between the mud flats and the swamp. That's the one I was talking about earlier in the right. show. This is a swamp. Yeah. And that's we, flat. Yeah, we, we looked at that and we're like, I don't know, Jeff, why is that different? Why is that different? I don't think we spent too much time. No, no, because once I changed the stream to be uh, dry, it yeah. changed it too. But it's also a difference between uh, when it's wet. 
it also looks different. This is really clear because it was dry, so it made it mud flats. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, and I, I conceded because you were moving up, and we're, let's see where we had gotten. No, but we you, got to the end of turn five. But yeah. then, as I'm as I'm bringing this up board up to remind myself what happened, I see. I think I I had a couple of extra squads here that are hip, and you see I labeled them. Yeah, where they go? Are supposed to go into the V7 pillbox, and these guys were supposed to go into the W6 pillbox. I never brought them in. Well, did I ever get that far? Oh, but you should have been moving them through the tunnels, the trenches. I moving them. Yep. Yeah. I'm right. Moving right. them and reinforcing out out in this direction because this is why I conceded is because you took over this. Yeah. South, I'll call it the south end of the hill. And it wouldn't have been long then for you to have six hexes because there's three or four right up here. And Plus you already had two on the south. south. And yeah. you took care of my mortars. And they weren't, my big mortars were not very effective. I was disappointed. Yeah, I think that was dice rolling because often they it can was. hit with rate, neg one jungle and be devastating. Yeah. But yeah, you had a 10s and 11s. But I think at the bottom, I would just say those two hip guys, I would have charged them out and just seen if they could get striped and then still get up there even with neg two shots by then i started to move the two four five eights off the hill you might have but i think by that point also i was going to have six up north yeah yeah one two because those two jungle are up three four and then i think i was gonna the big huge stack coming up was deadly it was like the 30 shot neg two liter uh this this stack yeah here. that's a neg two that liter is. in there so their way across the valley floor. Yeah. Well, uh, and came, I, they were, you, you actually you know, came around the, yeah, they ended up there right next to that guy. And, and I, I had hoped that you were going to move into the Pongees. I thought he's oh, going to, yeah. he's going to try to move around my pillboxes yeah. rather than running right into them. Yeah. So he's going to go up here and go to these Pongees, but you did not. By this time, because the southern attack worked so well, yeah, I didn't need to be desperately moving quick or anything. Yeah. So, all right, super, a lot so, of fun though. And this yeah, next one fun. is the Christmas Gifu. We're just starting it. Jeff's put out twelve pillboxes, and and we'll play that one out. All good fun, all in the name of fun. You betcha. Well, sign out then. Yeah, I guess that wraps up another great right. episode. Good to see you, Dave. Good to see you, sir. Good to Thank see you, the listeners. listeners. Yep. I see you out there, listeners. Yeah, we're we're watching. Or watchers on YouTube. Yeah. Check out our YouTube channel. It's the best channel on YouTube. We're getting a lot of traffic, 10, 10 12 visits a month. So. <laughs> yeah, 10,000, 12,000. We're yeah. now making half a million. On yeah. Our... yeah. <laughs> Here comes retirement. All right. Thanks for listening, hey. everybody. Remember hey, to Dave. roll low. Dave's going on vacation. Have a good vacation. Thank you, sir. I will. In fact, I'm taking, I already packed this all under the box. This is going with, and if I can, if I can keep in contact next week, we might be able to game remote because we're visiting the kids at college and they don't want to be with us all day by any means. Yeah. And then Laura's mom and dad, even then it's going to be three days. Okay. Roll low, everybody. And rally well, but not but when, you're playing, when you're playing us. Don't do it. Don't you Bye-bye. do it. Bye. Bye.